Sports. Welcome to our Overtime Penalty Show. I'm here with David and Lewis. Hey. What's up, everyone? Hey, and we're back with more U.S. men's national team news. Um, I almost I almost lost key on that one. Uh, <laughs> the last two games. Uh, let's talk about them. David, Lewis? Yeah, United States back. Yeah, United States back in action. <laughs> what happened? What's so fun? Well, we're so in sync. <laughs> we are. We'll, we'll eventually get it. We, you know, we talked about the hundred. We we're warming up, and now we're we're probably getting into that midseason form. So maybe by two hundred, we might yeah. we might actually get there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the United we're States really, back in Really action. hampered by our salary cap. Really is what is is what the problem is. You know what? Sorry, uh, you know what? I, the- I'm gonna resign. <laughs> Lewis, I'm not telling you that you should resign, but if you didn't resign, maybe things wouldn't go so well for you. This really should have been on the main pod. Sorry. It should have been uh, on the main pod. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk about the U.S. men's national team, who yes, we oh, we, also without a coach. Uh, so we, we talked about the lack of uh, of a coach uh, the, the last episode leading into the, the two games. Those two games have taken place. We had said that the results do not matter. Um, this is just uh, pretty much we want to find out who is going to be a mainstay for this next World Cup cycle, who is going to step up as one of the leaders, who is going to come up and be a captain um, or possibly be a captain, uh, who's going to emerge as a uh, you know that rising star or that uh, diamond in the rough that no one probably uh, could have predicted. And um, we got some sort of sense of where the United States is going, albeit with an interim coach. I I do believe that a coach needs to be named ASAP. So it's his job to find out where he wants to go with the team and um, what players he wants to use and what system is best uh, for these players and whatnot. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about the first game. A 2-0 loss to Brazil. Um, Probably one of the most overanalyzed friendlies that I can recall. When I mean, we're not even talking friendlies leading up to a World Cup or a you know the friendly before the major tournament. We're talking the first friendly after a World Cup, and I thought it was the most overanalyzed game in quite a while. I thought it was pretty. Um, I, I don't know. I, I found it rather annoying. That- there, there certainly seemed to be a lot of uh, the sky is falling uh, tweets out there, especially especially coming from uh, U.S. national team fans. So there seemed to be a lot of like, oh, you know, we, we don't look good. We don't like, dude, you're playing Brazil with their stars who are who are here for swagger. I mean, like Neymar pulled out all the tricks in his bag in this game. I mean, you know, granted, because we gave him the space to do it, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, you know, the, these the guys that are on this national team roster are kids. They've never seen the likes of Neymar or or any of the other players on Brazil. Most of them. I mean, we literally uh, Antoine Antoine John, uh, Antoine Robinson struggled mightily against uh what is it diego costa no yeah. not diego costa no it was uh douglas costa douglas no. costa who am i thinking of no i think it was douglas costa but either way he got torched all night <laughs> <laughs> one hell of a learning experience and i, I think that's for, for me personally i had said 
I don't care about – as of right now, I don't care about your talent or your potential. We've been talking about potential for what seems like two decades now. So I'm tired of potential. I want to know what you're doing right now. And one of the most important things for me, and obviously I have no say in this and I'm not part of the federation or the team, but I want to see we all know this. what type of mental toughness these kids have. Are you going to fold when things get tough? Are you going to put your head down when you get beat? Or are you going to improve? Are you going to say, yeah, you know what? I need to better myself. I can't go out like that. I need to become better. And uh, Or are you just going to roll over and die? And Or just say, you know what? Uh, this is uh, – I got humbled. I'm going back to MLS. Um, that's what I want. I want to see mental toughness. And I think that I got a pretty good feel for it for the most part. I, I Like I said, I know it's only one game, um, and it is on uh, – Well, two, but yeah. Well, um, we're talking about the first game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, after the first game, I saw a couple things here. Number one, I saw these kids play without fear. Um, they were obviously outmatched and outclassed. Sure. Uh, they were dominated. That was supposed to happen. I don't think anybody realistically believed that, okay, we have a whole new crop of players and they're supposed to be good and now we're supposed to be competing against Brazil and we're winning World Cup. Well, some people, yeah, they and do. Some, some people, people do. want that. Yes. Some people see that as, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chad Johnson. Very unrealistic. Um, <laughs> yeah, extremely unrealistic. That wasn't going to happen. Um, to me, this was basically, look, you're going to, obviously, besides the money grab, but you're going to go up against the be- one of the best teams in the world. And they did. Like what you said, are you gonna all do? their top players were on the pitch. It's not like they brought yeah. their C team. Right, exactly. So you got a taste of what it's going to be like um, should you qualify. Uh, Down to the flopping. This is, this is where you have to – this is your measuring stick. This is a true measuring stick. It's not Mexico that you play once or twice a year I – mean, twice a year, once or two times You know, a, a World Cup cycle – uh, during qualifying uh, or at the Gold Cup where you're saying that's our measuring stick. No. Now you're playing against one of the best teams in the world. How do you match up? Now they know. Now they know, like, okay, what do I need to work on? Where can I get better? Uh, yeah, and those Robinson nerves are broken got, too. What was that? Those nerves are broken as well. They've yeah, known that they've know, already you, you, come across this team and they've gotten through the 90. And they feel they should they should feel confident that they should be able to do well. I mean, the, to me, this game was a one zero because that penalty kick was you know bullshit. But <clears throat> but like oh, I mean, for them to yeah. hold it down the entire game like that um, was pretty good. I mean, pretty good. Yeah. Again, it's not it's not world class performance. It's not us taking taking Brazil to town. We didn't put them on their heels. Um, but for a newly fleshed fresh team, it's pretty damn good. What what I really enjoyed was that, and I'm comparing it to you know previous sides when they played Brazil. I mean, yes, they were dominated, but they didn't look like completely out of the game. I mean, in previous teams, I'm like, man, you guys are just completely chasing, and you have absolutely zero chance mm-hmm. of of getting a goal. I mean, you have to have like extreme luck oh, to get this goal, and, and you better get that one chance in. This team was not sitting back. Hmm. They were pressuring. They were chasing. Granted, yes, they were chasing the game a lot. Yeah, but they weren't afraid. But, but they weren't afraid. They weren't saying like, oh, no, no, no. I can't put that pressure because I'll get out of position and then they're going to score like a, a goal on me. And no, they went out there. They looked for the game. They tried to create something. They had um, 
some problems as always in the final third. Um, but for the most part, I thought compared to their predecessors, they held their own. And as Bobby said, I consider this a 1-0 victory because it was a penalty that was, I mean, the dive was just plain and obvious. And um, the one mistake came on pretty early. And it was uh, it was Robinson who got torched on the wing and a perfect cross to a wide open, uh, I think it was Firmino. Um, I think it was Miazga that was kind of caught ball watching there and he had just a clear shot in uh, to goal. Pretty much the only mistake. Everything else was, yeah, Brazil's going to get their chances and Stefan's going to have to come up big. And for the most part, the defense kind of held. Um, and they didn't yeah. look frantic. I uh, think that to- was the other thing. They didn't look frantic doing it. Total shots uh, were uh, the United States was 11 and Brazil was 12. So we weren't down. We weren't behind them um, on much on even shots. And then on target, we hit two and they hit four. So, I mean, yeah, just like we were saying, difference. just like you're saying, like we were coming at them. We were we were taking our chances. We weren't so afraid. Okay. I have different numbers there, but they're still pretty similar. I have nine total shots for Brazil and I got seven shots for the United States. Oh, um, I'm looking it's still, at it right I mean, now. Okay, uh, it's still pretty similar, regardless. I think the point is, is that it we, it wasn't uh, that we were outshot thirty to two. Um, you know, we we were right there. Uh, obviously, the ball possession was going to be in Brazil's favor. I don't think you shouldn't be thinking that we were going to have the ball more than Brazil would have had. We had six corners to Brazil's three. So yes, yeah. we were we were actively trying to get forward. We had trouble going forward, and that was probably one of my biggest criticisms of the game is that you don't have a playmaker. You don't have a guy at number 10. Now, well, you're saying Christian Pulisic wasn't yeah. playing, and I understand that. Christian Pulisic is going to be your playmaker. He's the best guy you have on the field, and you're going to depend on him. That's the problem. Landon Donovan had the same problem. It can't he just was your be him. Only, right. He, Landon Donovan was the only guy that was able to create. When he went down, everyone was like, okay, who's going to step up? And rarely did it happen. You have the same problem now. You have Christian Pulisic. Uh, what I, I happens that, when he's I out? Think that the, the bigger, I think that the bigger sample size is is that we, yeah, Christian Pulisic is going to be the man. The key, the offense is going to run through him. Everything's going to run through him. But you also have other guys. You have Josh Sargent, who's coming, who wasn't in this lineup, and so we don't know. I, I think that he connects really well with um, Tim Weah, and um, you had Shaq Moore in in the Mexico game. I thought when Julian Green came into the Mexico game, and we'll talk, we'll get to that one in a second. That changed. He it. made a huge well, difference. It also, changed, the red card changed but. a lot. Yeah, but even before that, to, to eh, you know, it wasn't to that much half, of a they difference. Were, they were going better. Um, so it's not. But I, but, I, I, I but you don't have a playmaker. Say it's just Christian Pulisic, and I would even argue that Christian Pulisic is also not the playmaker. You, you know, the uh, the United States. Doesn't groom number tens. The closest uh, thing they have, the closest thing they have is Will Trap. Here's okay, but I, I don't, I don't think they groom number tens. But when they find one, they're gonna overuse them because that that offense went ran through Landon Donovan in in uh, in in previous teams. And if Donovan went missing, and he did that from time to time, when you said, "Hey, is Landon playing?" Yeah, he's right there. What happened to the offense? There was nothing. There was nobody creating anything. That's my point. Does Christian Pulisic have the talent around him to where he's not the only offensive production? Yes. yes like, I think yeah. he has more talent. Yeah. He does. Yeah, he yeah does. I think he's doing okay right now. But, <laughs> but, my, but my point is that you don't have a playmaker. If Christian Pulisic goes down, 
Who steps up and becomes the playmaker? You have talent around you, but who's the playmaker? And I don't think you have one right now. Because yeah, I mean, I think we're, in the I actually, I actually think we're going to see someone grow into that role instead of us seeing it so clearly and saying, "Oh yeah, that person should be here. Let's put, let's place them." I think it's going to be a, it's going to be an integral player that's going to end up uh, growing into that role. I mean, I, I'm hoping that's the case. Um, I don't think. I mean, Will Trap is whatever to me. To be perfectly honest, I don't. I'm kind of surprised he got called into the into the team. Um, I'm not sold on him he's not great he's not terrible he's average and i don't want an average player on this team i want someone excelling but but that's just sure, my of course I don't no everybody it's does really, it's, really, <laughs> it's, it's, it's early days i don't think it's see you're, you complain about getting over you know over analyzing this game and then you start over analyzing the lack of a oh no a playmaker. Uh, that, but that's I don't the only criticism i had i i don't think it's a it's it's you know, it, it, it's too early to know because who knows? We don't we don't have a coach right now. The United States has the interim coach, and I think that Dave Serkin has done an admirable job, given you know give, given the the circumstances. Um, I don't think he should be named the head coach, but I think no. he's done well with with what he's been given. Um, we he's don't know what the style is going to be. We don't know how many changes are going to come in. We don't know. You know what kind of philosophy the new coach is going to bring. So maybe maybe the playmaker has yet to be unearthed, or the game plan is going to be built around not just relying on Christian Pulisic and building you know uh, scenarios where if Pulisic isn't available or he doesn't have a good game or he disappears the way the Landon Donovan used to disappear, we're not up the creek without a paddle. But those Do I are think that, that we don't know yet? Right, and and I understand that, and like I said, I think the the federation is wasting time by not naming a coach already. Obviously, we've talked about this that it looks like they're going to be waiting for an MLS coach, and um, you know, we're going to have to wait and see what what uh, what coach actually emerges and what type of system and style and philosophy he's going to implement into these kids. And yes, uh, Dave Serkin has done an admirable job, but I. I think we're beyond that. I don't want, again, I don't want an admirable job. I want a guy that's going to push us into the next level. I'm not saying win the World Cup. In fact, baby steps. Just qualify again. Just make sure you're there. Uh, we'll start there, and then uh, we'll continue. I think what's important is develop these guys into the next level. Push them harder. Push them to the next level. Don't let them become uh, complacent. And, I, I, you know, that's the hope. Um, but overall, I've, I found encouraging signs. Um, I didn't expect to beat Brazil, but I also didn't expect them to come at them and try, try to create something. Normally, the, they, they just stay back and absorb and hope they get that one chance. And though they did a lot of absorbing, I, you can tell that they were trying to push up as well. So I think that uh, that is encouraging. Like I said, 1-0. And it was on uh, one mistake. So I don't think it's uh, too bad of, res- of a result, even though the result doesn't matter. I think the only time the result would matter is if you got beaten, for example, 6-0 or 7-0. That didn't happen. So I think overall it's uh, it's a decent showing against one of the best teams in the world. So I don't think uh, reason to get your panties in a bunch. But let's go ahead and move on to game number two. Well, well, Unless you guys... 
Yeah, sorry. there's one more thing. There's one more thing okay. that I want to I want to bring up. Bobby uh, threw it in real quick, but I didn't. Um, what I but, but we didn't talk about it. Is uh, you know the the dive, um, and and one thing I mean, is something something that Neymar. It's a brought standard. Up. It's a standard thing. I mean, Yedlin even looked into the ref and said, "Did you watch the World Cup?" <laughs> I mean, that's literally what, <laughs> what he told I, the ref. Like, if you throw out everything else from this game, that is the one thing that I want to I, I want to keep. <laughs> You know what I mean? Is you look at the ref and you go, did you watch the World Cup? <laughs> I mean, you saw him mouth it yeah. to the ref. And, and what I thought was kind of um, in in very poor taste and, and very on brand for Neymar is uh, he was asked about uh, DeAndre Yedlin after the game. And I feel like he went out of the way, out of his way to like doubt, like down talk him. You know what I mean? Like he said, probably, oh, I'm sorry. I've never heard of that guy, but I feel sorry for him. But he probably has never heard of him. But oh, yeah. he probably was yeah, downplaying no him too, there's though. No, no but it was it was it, it was probably all of that into one. <laughs> there's no doubt that Neymar's never heard of DeAndre Yedlin. Yep. But I mean, do yeah. you really have to go and say it like that? Like, what a dick. I, I agree. In one sense, Neymar's probably correct. He has bigger fish to fry. He's one of the best players in the world. He plays. Not really. He's labeled it. Oh, he's labeled it, but he does play with some of the best players in the yeah. world. And yeah, DeAndre Yedlin is not going to be on that list. So I understand that he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know who he is. But yeah, the way he said it, I'm not a Neymar fan. So it, it, it really, you know, I, I can, I really couldn't care less. So whatever. Um, fuck that guy. <laughs> Anything else before we move on? No, that's mm-hmm. it. That's, I All just right. wanted to touch on that. Gotcha. All right, so uh, game number two was uh, earlier today. The United States plays against Mexico. The first uh, game in the rivalry in this cycle. There's obviously going to be many more to come. Once again, the result does not matter. It's about who's going to step up and all the other fun stuff that we said against Brazil. However, this is a rivalry game, so there's a little extra oomph in there, and at least there should be. And there's that extra motivation of, yeah, the result doesn't matter, but I still really want to beat my rival because it's still going to be bragging right. It's still going to hurt the other team regardless if they understand that the results don't matter. And the fans can say it all they want, but based on Twitter, it seems that this result really, really hurts Mexico. We'll get to that. In, Everything uh, hurts Mexico. Get a little mosquito uh, bite. I, 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 I. Also, it was very despicable in this game. I mean, it was very despicable. Your damn chance. We hear him on TV. Get fined, motherfuckers. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's unfortunate. I think, uh, uh, again, friend of the show, Jose, pointed out that there was a lot of uh, Mexico fans in Tennessee. There was... um, there was a majority, I think, Mexico fans. I think it was close. I want to say it was probably like 65-45 uh, on the Mexico tilt. Uh, but but he did point out that that probably means that um, Nashville will not be a World Cup qualifying site since uh, apparently the, the softies over at U.S. soccer don't like it when uh, people from other countries come and, and cheer against the, the national team. Yeah. It, it's been uh, it's been like that for a while. They're 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 gonna. I mean, and 
the thing is, is that it probably should be that way. You want to have some sort of home field advantage. It shouldn't be to the point where I don't want this particular crowd in there. I'm not allowing you in there because of who you root for. Right. But no. you, sh- but you should have some sort of home field advantage. So, for example, if you have that mystique of playing a team that cannot score and cannot win in a certain stadium, you're probably going to want to play in that stadium as much as possible. If you have a team coming from a very warm climate, I'm probably going to go into a, a city where the climate's a little bit cooler. If you have someone that's playing at sea level, I'm pretty sure you're going to want them to play in altitude. That should be the home field advantage. But what do I know? Um, so the, the game, 1-0 victory for the United States, uh, goal scored by Tyler Adams, who I think personally was the most impressive in this game. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of hype has been going around him, and I think rightfully so. He's on his way to Germany after the MLS season is uh, is over, and he will continue his career over in Germany, and uh, that's a good thing. Hopefully, he um, he progresses, gets into a bigger team, maybe a better league, uh, gets into that Champions League team. That um, at least personally, what I would want, but it, it looks like he's one of the it looks like he's going to be a mainstay uh, on this team for uh, the for for the foreseeable future. One zero victory. Same thing. Nothing to get overhyped about. Nothing to say. Oh, we're gonna be uh, winning the World Cup and we're world beaters and we're better than Mexico. These are two teams that are pretty much identical in their situations. They are both coachless. Both are working with an interim coach. Both are looking at new players. They are in both in a transitional period. Mexico's golden age has aged out, and looking to uh, the the new uh, the new players, the new crop, as the United States. Once again, the results don't matter. But what did we learn from this game? Um, the rivalry is real. I think that the or the rivalry continues. Um, I think this is the the one thing that I that I grabbed out of this game. Lewis, you and I both said uh, at the beginning of the the game is that I'm not looking so much as how this team is going to play or how they come out or what you know what the result of the game is. I want to see the new generation of this rivalry start to build and and uh, I think as you put it, you want to see new enemies being uh, being born. Right, uh, and, being made. And, and, as a fan, you, you, as a fan, I, I, I kind of like that. Obviously, we there, there is, uh, you keep it in uh, in that sports box. There's always right. going to be rivalries. You have the Yankees and the Red Sox. That's a fierce, one of the fiercest rivalries in the country. You have the the Dodgers and the Giants, the Dodgers and the Yankees. There's a lot of fierce rivalries out there. Teams hate each other. I mean, heck, we have the Galaxy against uh, LAFC. They're there's always going to be banter. There's always going to be those uh, those uh, storylines. I want to see more of that because I think it kind of cooled down in the last few years or so, more or less. Obviously, they know that it's a big game, but we didn't see so much intensity as we saw, say, in the 90s and early 2000s. And it took a while, but I think it started. Yeah, um, I think it started in the second half. Well, it happened in the second half and around the 70th minute. It was happened really late, so it wasn't there. It wasn't like there the entire game. 
It only happened right. because uh, me, uh, Mazda Miata, Miazga. Miazga, there you go, uh, <laughs> was uh, was was challenging um, the Mexican player. What's his name? Which was ripping which which ripping it up the entire game. Um, he's uh, he's actually I think he's an American he's like as well. New- too, right? He's the new sensation. Yeah. No, no, it, no, no. You're, you're thinking Jonathan Gonzalez, but no. Oh, no, camera. He, he's who's like, this, who's this? Who's this guy? I forget his name. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Is that I Alvarez? believe. Uh, I believe it might have been Alvarez. I, I okay. think he's the new. He was ripping um, it up. He's the new sensation. Yeah, he's he's the he's currently the new sensation. Um, I guess he's the uh, what do you call it? Um, the new. You're too. The 2.0 or the 3.0 Hugo, for you, Lewis? Or, or <laughs> no, no, stop with the operating systems. Um, Linus, there you go. No, it, it's uh, Linus. He's supposed to be like the new, uh, the new kid on the block, the sensation. Yeah. He's supposed yep. to be like Christian Pulisic. Yeah, he's and, supposed to be like and the, and, that, and, that, that guy. And that, and and the, and the, the I guess the revival of the rivalry or whatever I guess you want to call it um started it was basically started with it, with him and uh, Miazga sorry and Matt Miazga yeah, yeah. so, so uh, something be- that was like a little tough but, but it was because it took a long it took a good while it took a good while in that game for for that for that temperature to rise it's not artificial you know what I'm saying is what I'm trying to say is it's not artificial right. it just it, it it built up within the game that's why it took so long into the game into the 70th or 75th something like that and then start things started getting a little out of hand i mean it didn't it, it, it wasn't even between them two i mean they were talking shit but not even touching each other that's when like the other players started coming in and bumping and bumping me and turning it into a whole right. thing um, right and then think, about but, a, but the but the thing the thing a, uh, the thing uh, i was the most proud about though i'm sorry let me just say this real fast the thing i was most proud about though is that the guys ended up the the players on the pitch ended up keeping their heads straight when the when uh mexico ended up getting a red card just a little few minutes after that uh because there's not many there's uh, I, the experience that i that i remember is you know usa would not know how to un, would not understand how to take advantage of that um, yes. So, so this time around, no one dropped the ball. Everybody was still very focused, and they took advantage of it as soon as it happened. And it was something that I was very proud of. I was like, okay, great, this is good. I mean, it's just it's 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 really more of a, a mental thing. But um, it was it, I was maybe because we have such low expectations. I was very happy about that. Uh, it, this was uh, again. You're playing. You're playing another team with kids. You're you're playing with a, a new generation of kids who's doing the same thing. They're, they're they're looking to see who's going to be a mainstay on this team for the next four years. Who's going to step up as a leader? Who's going to step up as an emerging star? And and all that other uh, fun stuff. So they were both on the same boat, and obviously they're both feeling each other out. I'm sure there were a lot of nerves. I think honestly, I think they felt. For me personally, I think they felt a little bit more comfortable playing against Brazil than they did play against Mexico because I think I believe that, look, I, I don't think anyone expects us to beat Brazil and we're going to have to play relaxed. But I think they were, they felt a little bit more pressure at home to beat the rival. At the end of the day, I think they settled down. Granted that um, after all that drama happened, you had an, a straight red card to one of the Mexican players. I think it was Zardivar. Zardivar who went uh, studs up on Will Trapp. Uh, kind of a nasty challenge. It almost looked like it was not intentional, but it was more of a his momentum just kind of took him that way anyway. Either way, I mean, it's not like a a um, a tournament where it mattered. It's it, Like I said, it's a friendly. That one-man advantage 
the United States took advantage, you know, definitely took advantage of it. Who knows if the previous teams would have done that? I personally, maybe it's just uh, that recency bias, but I don't give their predecessors that much credit that they would have yeah. um, pulled out that victory. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I'm, that's literally what I'm saying. So I agree. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, and I think that overall, um, there's a lot of positives to take out. And, and now it's up to U.S. Soccer and, and the program and Ernie Stewart and Carlos Codero to sign a coach and get the ball rolling for real. Um, I think that, again, Dave Sarakin, he has been he's going to go down as somebody who, you know, was exactly what the what the system needed when he needed it. Uh, I feel like you know a year is a really long time to be in that position as the as the interim and, and kind of sitting in limbo. But he's he's been very professional and um, it's it's nice to see him calling in the kids because it would have been easy for him to call in you know Altidore and Bradley and those guys. But um, I think uh, he he brought in the right attitude with like okay no this is a fresh start. Um, you know, where can we go from here? And people, people talk about how they want to see how the, how these kids mesh with some of the veterans. But for me, I think like, you know, you, you, you have games like this, you have games against a top tier Brazil, you have games against a young Mexico who's hungry, who wants to beat, beat their rival. Uh, you have games coming up against England, against Italy. These are the ones that make those young kids into veterans. You know, this is the these are the type of games that give them experience on the top level, and even if it's not a A team, and even if they're friendlies, and even if they are, uh, you know, trying out new things, this is this is what we need right now. Obviously, having a head coach to come in and and then take that over and steer the ship in the right direction. That's you know that's that's what I'm hoping happens here. So uh, I'm going to say something about uh, Sarakin really, really quickly. But before I do that, just a quick stats on the game since we went over it, the Brazil game but not uh, oh, yeah. for this game. Uh, the, the stats are a little bit uh, – just the same thing. Pretty much even, Mexico still held the better of the possession but not by much. It was 53-47. And there were times, especially uh, – granted, again, they were up a man. That's but was, simply yeah. because – but just because you are up a man doesn't guarantee that you are the better side that you're going to be playing better. We have seen numerous times where a 10-man team completely outplays an 11-man team and dominates possession. So it's not a guarantee. You yeah, just have but, an advantage. But overall, you, you have an advantage on top of it, though. Yes. You're, whether you take advantage of it is yeah. a different story. The United States did do that. Uh, they lost the possession battle, 53-47. But like I said, that's pretty even. And at times, they made Mexico chase the game, which – doesn't happen very often when these two teams meet. Shots, total shots, the United States had eight. Mexico had nine. So it was pretty even. Four corners to the United States, three for Mexico. It was pretty even. It's it's not a, a great performance. I don't think that we dominated Mexico. I don't think that we were completely dominated either. I think overall I would give the slight edge as how the team looked maybe to Mexico because they looked better they had the better chances up in, uh, before the goal dropped and before Mexico lost a player. I think maybe two chan- really good chances that they blew. The United States, again, had a lot of trouble creating chances in the final third. We've talked about this. There's no creativity. There's no playmaker. So that is something that you have to watch uh, going forward. And 
something that that, that the uh, the new coach, whoever it may be, has to work on. Now, going back to what David said about Dave Sarikin, um earlier today, uh, journalist Franco Panizo, former Balls and Beers guest Franco Panizo, uh, he was asking uh, Jazzy Zardes about what Dave Sarikin told him to do in regards to the Brazil game. He said, tactically, he goes, what did he ask you to do when you came on as a sub? And Jazzy says, and I quote, just bring energy. Bring energy. That was the main goal. Franco Panizo followed up with, okay, well, what did he tell you to do tactically? You just got to make something happen. That is your coach. Isn't that what we got so pissed off at Klinsman for, that he wasn't giving any instruction and just said, oh, just be yourself and express yourself and make something happen? Why not? Why is there not an uproar over this one, albeit an, at an interim coach? Well, the, you said it right there. It's a, he's an interim coach in a friendly in a game that in in, in a game after the World Cup. He but, knows he he knows he's not going to have the job. But isn't your job as a coach, whether it's interim my, or not, is to my, develop your kids? My issue, my issue with uh, Klinsman when he did that was. He was the guy that was supposed to give them the plan. He's the guy that said, "Oh, I have all the answers. I know how to move it for move the program forward." And then he comes and he goes, "You know, try hard, have fun, be creative." That's that's the issue. There, Dave Sarikin has never come in and said, "Oh, I know how to push the system forward." But Whoa. he did say that there's nothing wrong with the system. He did say that he has that he. He has an issue with people that say that the system is broken or it doesn't work. Mm, I, so, I, think I mean, I don't know. <laughs> there, there's, that arrogant, there's that American arrogance that, nope, we're already where we're supposed to be. We cannot improve. Where we're supposed to be, everything just has to align. That's the American arrogance. He's no different. Why would I want another American coach who probably thinks the same thing? Like, no, we're, we're where we're supposed to be. We just... Everything has to click. Because that's what it sounds like. That's just me, though. I mean, uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> one, final, one final thing that came out of this game and is probably the most talked about and the most uh, going to be the most long-lasting thing. Uh, so we, we had mentioned it that uh, the rivalry got renewed in the second half. Uh, the altercation between Matt Miazga and Lainess. Um, Lainess, not the tallest of uh, players. Uh, very, very short. Miazga towers over him. Nearly a foot taller than him. Probably over a foot taller than him. And uh, Lainess got in his face. Miazga literally looked down on him. <laughs> not because... Not because I mean, it wasn't symbolic. It was literally because I have to do that to make eye contact with you. I cannot look straight. I have to look down. And, uh, you know, words were exchanged. I'm not even sure if words were exchanged. I'm not, I, I think it might have just been a stare down. And, uh, and in keeping true to the rivalry, Matt Miazga makes a short joke. Like, dude. I could kick your ass. <laughs> Get out of my face. You got no chance, you know? And he, and he gestures how short he is or compared to him that, you know, you're literally beneath me. And he continues as he's walking away and, you know, the, the, the players start getting, other players start getting involved. The shoving starts and he's, you know, he's looking through the crowd because he's too short. 
this is all. That's my, I think that's my favorite thing. When he's, yeah. looking, when he's like bending yes. down and looking through the crowd, that's probably yeah. my favorite thing. <laughs> so stupid. So this, is, so this is like the sportsmanship. Well, it turns out that there's a huge uproar on Twitter right now. Of course, now of course. Because they're so offended by this. By the way, this is racist. I want to put that out there. How is this racist? The, the, so we here at <laughs> LA is our house have been put on an apparent uh, blacklist that will eventually get to our employers. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. be looking out for that email, Bobby. Yeah. What? Uh, What's we, happening? We got someone so put something on this, Twitter. Uh, so this guy. So I had I was tweeting the game, and after Miazga does that, I said Miazga just became my favorite player. For obvious reasons. And um, I'm just going to fucking straight out at this guy. At Gambling Tips Man. So he's a gambler. By the way, what you're doing is legal, sir. Uh, I'll put it's you legal on now, no? Isn't it? Uh, I, uh, it depends on what type of gambling. Are you sports gambling or are you playing roulette where you're not supposed Aye, to? Whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this guy, uh, Gambling Tips Man. Uh, sends us a tweet says don't work I'm keeping track of all the supporters of this discriminating gesture so when you see your name on the list everyone will know where you stand that was his tweet so he'll put us on his list with all 37 of his followers okay um <laughs> so so first of all so, dude so employer, at, at, at dude whatever dude um we're all short we're all fucking yeah. short and we're all Hispanic. And we're all Latin. So <laughs> shut up, dude. Just shut up. Like this guy has no idea. I mean, oh man, the, the feeling. Also, we run, we run our own is. show. We run our own show. But, so. but, no, no, no. But but dude, but the but the chat that's totally not homophobic right. about you yeah. know, uh, that doesn't yeah. mean what you understand it means. Although Miazga, although although Miazga was mouthing that back and forth to the with the Mexican players. He was mouthing the, the, right. those but, words. But back what does and that forth. have to do? What does that have to do with discrimination? And who are you discriminating against? Sure. You're people. talking shit, like, dude. Yeah. Like, well, why would you take offense to that? So what? That's how you talk shit, man. Yeah. Grow a sack of balls. I know, especially you know, same, when it comes the, to sports. The, the, the same, I mean, come on. The same this people. Is, the same people the who new... are doing that chant and saying, "Oh, grow a sack." Yeah, grow a sack. <laughs> like this is like nothing. You're not discriminating. This is one player this is nothing. This going is after just... another player, just yeah. cocky shit. Yeah. And I'm supporting it because, dude, no one, no one had an uproar when Zlatan told Vela he was a little man. I don't see anything with that. He's white. <laughs> He's white, taught, telling a Mexican that. So Oof. I mean, what's the difference? It's oh. like, come on. These people are pathetic. Uh, I'll look forward to that list, by the way. Um. But yeah, uh, apparently that there's a huge uproar, and it's it's more than one person. I mean, it's not just like there's even some like. Well, there's always going to be a group of that, some yeah, people that hate something like, and then jump on something, whatever. Yeah, it, it's it, it's pretty pathetic. It, it's trash talking. It's part of the rivalry. Um, players have been doing it back and forth for, you know, since the beginning of sports. Uh, why yeah, it's but we now. gotta move I, on, I Lewis. We need to grow. But this is different, though. This is so different. Totally different. Totally different. Um, yeah, and, and as David is like, put, put he's so he David's keeps, sending he keeps texting out, like, us pictures. pictures of, yeah, yeah, of pictures like around, and not just the rivalry, there's other people that are doing the same thing. So it's like it's pathetic. This was not meant to be discriminatory. This was two players just talking shit to each other. It could have been a guy from any country, at any team, of any race. It's between them, and the fans got behind the team that you support. That's about as simple as you can make it. If you want to make it more, 
congratulations, you are a narcissist. Uh, and you really, really want that attention. But other than that, I mean, uh, I, overall, uh, the game itself was a pretty decent game. Um, again, encouraged by what I saw. Uh, I love that the, the kids aren't going out there and just backing down and uh, they're going forward. They're trying to do something and they look a lot better than, uh, well, they're on the right track compared to their predecessors. It's only so, two games. It's only two games. Calm down. And they look good. Like I said, the it was nice. Like I, said, like I said earlier on in the last show, I wanted to see them play within the group. I want to see them play for each other. Not for and some it, some team some some coaches uh, ideals well, look, or agenda, and that's what it, it that's like, what it looked like that was happening. It looks like exactly exactly. It looks like that's what the that's what they're uh, they're playing for. They're playing together. They're moving the ball around. Uh, encouraging signs. Nothing to get overhyped about. We're not winning the World Cup in 2022. We're not winning it in 2026. 26, we but will. But it's a good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'm gonna hold out that hope, and. Um, but yeah, uh, the next game, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is against Colombia. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to recheck oh, interesting. that. It, uh, yeah, I think it's Colombia. I, I have to re- See, that's uh, the good thing, too. That right now, I mean, that's I'm, I mean for me, that's the good thing, too, is that we're playing, like, worthy opponents. I know I'm, I may be in the minority many times in the past where, like, I know that others wanted to play, like, weaker teams just to get ahead. But I've never seen it that way. We that's why that's why we've always fault we've always faltered because we've never had the actual challenge. Um, so yeah, we need to get there. So this is a good I, thing. I, I think it's I think it's worth uh, mentioning though that playing sometimes playing those weaker teams uh, benefits in other ways. But we have to play them in their countries. We can't play them here. Because here we have the perfectly manicured fields. We have the perfect playing facilities. We need to be going to Honduras. We need to be going to Trinidad. We need to be going to these places so that when it comes to qualifying, we're ready for those situations. They should know that already. We've had, we've had this conversation. Of course they Go should know that. Like- I know. They should know that. But, but it doesn't help us to beat Trinidad when we're playing Colombia or England or Brazil. Because they no. don't play that way. No, I, I understand. I, I think what the... What Bobby is saying, I mean, obviously when you're paying, playing better competition, granted they're not going to be playing the same style, but you want to see where you are with the rest of the world. And again, you can only be with uh, who's in front of you. Yeah. And if that is the Honduras and the El Salvadores and the Guatemalas and all that, that's fine. But you also have to, once you get past that, well, once you're past that qualifying process, you get thrown to the Lions then in the World Cup because you played in such a region. Mm-hmm. That's when playing against those big teams, okay, we've played against the system before. We know how fast these players are. We know what they're capable of. We've had experience. We can build around that or we can rally around that. We can come up with a game plan. Whatever it is, you're still measuring up to bigger teams because they're going to make you faster. They're going to make you better. They're going to make that soccer IQ go higher which then can translate into those weaker opponents, and they should be uh, inferior to you as far as the the technical ability and and uh, you know as far as your your talent. You should be beating those teams very easily. So you have you have some big opponents, and granted, again, this is money. You have Colombia, you have Peru in October, you have England and Italy 
in November. So Oof. again, results don't matter, but no, those but are it's still good. Tests no, for, those are for, great for games. These kids. Those are great games yeah. to have. For these kids, it's a good learning experience. And again, they're going to know where they stand when it comes to the best of the, in the world. How do they react? So, there we go. Bobby, okay. go ahead and wrap this up before I start again. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for <laughs> listening to Eliezer House Overtime Penalty Show. I'm here with David and Lewis. Good night, everybody. See you guys next week. And this is Bobby. Thank you for listening, guys. See you later. Bye.